Hello, I'm your host, Authors Part of the Sarthi. You are listening to The Isle on KSDT, UC San Diego's fiercely independent radio station. Today we are going to talk about a couple of topics. Um, more, well, two, two really distinct topics. Um, and we'll probably do devote half the show to each. Uh, the first is going to be about Nike. Um, yeah, uh, they've been in the news recently for um, some... Uh, shall we say some some stuff going on with their logo? Uh, and the second thing we're going to talk about is Mitch McConnell, uh, which is always fun. This mic is just the worst mic. All right. Anyway. All right. So let's get started. Uh, let's start with Nike. So what's basically happened is a couple of days ago, Nike came out with their new Air Max line. Um, and basically, Nike's new Air Max line, they have this new stylized logo on the bottom, um, and it's supposed to be this, I don't know, like a new brand, I guess. And uh, unfortunately, what happened is some lady online started a petition, um, which basically alleges that the logo, when turned upside down, resembles the Arabic script for Allah, for, for God. Um, now, if for those of you who don't know, uh, the special thing about Arabic as a script, uh, at least as far as religious kind of connotations go, and this extends to the Quran, is that Arabic itself and, and the Quran as represented, as rendered in Arabic calligraphy, is considered holy. So when you have Arabic scripture, uh, this stylized calligraphy design, you know, oftentimes Arabic script on, you know, street signs won't resemble Arabic script in the Quran, because there's kind of a calligraphic style, there's an art to it, and basically the divinity of the words is very much associated with the, the I suppose, the physical appearance of the text, of the calligraphy. So, the calligraphy and the divinity are intimately tied. Not the same case in the Bible, because you can translate the Bible into tons of different languages, as has been done. The Quran cannot be translated. Uh, that's why many people, when they read the Quran, many Muslims who don't understand Arabic, they still read it in the original Arabic, um, but, you know, they, they don't know what's happening. They don't know what's going on in there. Anyway, uh, I mention that all because that kind of underscores the, I suppose, the seriousness of what, of what this lady's claiming. So, uh, she says that the logo, the bottom of the shoe, represents the Arabic script for Allah. Um, and basically, that's bad. Uh, the actual claim on change.org, she wrote some petition telling Nike to go and recall the shoes. The actual claim says it is outrageous and appalling of Nike to allow the name of God on a shoe. This is disrespectful and extremely offensive to Muslims and insulting to Islam. Uh, and she calls the logo blasphemous. And uh, she says it's, you know, it's not appropriate for... Let me pull up the actual text here. Um, she says, Nike has produced the Air Max 270 logo with the script logo on the side, uh, on the sole, resembling the word Allah in Arabic, which will surely be trampled, kicked, and become soiled with mud or even filth. So, yeah, I mean, you can go look this up and decide yourself whether it looks like the Arabic script for Allah. Um, I think it does. Uh, do, do I think that that means that Nike should recall the shoe? Uh, no. Does it mean that I'm... Islamophobic? No. Uh, it means that I just think that it would be 
pretty ridiculous for what appears to be a completely unintentional design error. When you turn the logo upside down and kind of look at it real hard, then it sh it looks like Arabic script. I suppose what you're looking at the Arabic script for Allah and then the logo, the upside down logo side by side, and you're like, okay, this looks kind of similar. But to kind of support my point that they shouldn't recall this, you know, there was a, there was actually you know, many people own Vans. I'm sure some people listening own Vans shoes. So I, I challenge you just take Vans, turn them upside down and the most trampled on parts of a shoe are the, the heel of the shoe and the part of the shoe that basically connects with the balls of your feet. So go take your shoe, take your Vans, turn them upside down and tell me what you see on the balls of your shoe. And if you look hard enough, what you will see is you will see the Star of David. Is it because the like the creator of Vans is an anti-Semite or a neo-Nazi, as was apparently circulated in email chains in the 1970s or something? Or 1990s, pardon me. Um, no, it's not that. Uh, it's because actually the Star of David, I suppose like the that, that kind of arrangement of, um, of grip, basically gives better traction and van's shoes are of course designed for skaters and that's the most important part for a skater to keep their traction on the balls of their feet so because that you know that's where the weight is that's what where all of their weight is being transferred to the skateboard so if that part doesn't have good friction then they're going to fall off and they're going to get hurt so I mean, you think I'm just using this and, oh, maybe the guy from Vans is an anti-Semite or a neo-Nazi. The Anti-Defamation League, the Anti-Defamation League, which, you know, they'll, they'll know what they're talking about, basically said no. Um, they said the ADL has concluded there was no truth to any of the allegations that the Star of David quote-unquote design on the bottom of the shoe is symbolic for step on Jews or that the company was founded by neo-Nazis. This is all like ridiculous stuff. So the, these claims have no, no merit basically. Um, and yeah, I don't really, that's just an example of how people kind of see what they want to see in a design and don't really consider, okay, you know, is this an intentional thing? Is this like, was Nike being racist? Probably not. Another example where people just see what they want to see it has to do with the Church of Satanism. Procter and Gamble, way back in the day, had a logo with a moon figure, like a moon face. And supposedly on one side of the face there's a horn, and on the other side of the face there's a horn, and in the beard there's an inverted 666. And like claimants of this said that the CEO of Procter and Gamble appeared on a late night show on, on a Sunday, and the late night show only aired on a Monday. And they said that this guy, he appeared there and he's like, I donate all of the proceeds for Procter & Gamble to the Church of Satanism. And apparently he claimed there are not enough Christians in the United States to make a difference for Procter & Gamble's Satanistic tendencies, I guess. Uh, which is ironic because Procter & Gamble's largest market is American adults and something like three and four adults in the United States, at least at the time, were Christian. So yeah, that would be pretty bad if that was real. But uh, no, it just turns out that moon imagery was very popular at the time, and the stars that were apparently some kind of satanic mark were just 13 stars to represent the 13 colonies, and yeah, the rest of it was completely unintentional. Um, and yeah, uh, that's yet another situation where people have just seen what they want to see and have not really 
thought about, okay, is this intentional? A final example I'll give you is on the Canadian banknote when they switched to Elizabeth II. Evidently, they hired some guy, excuse me, they hired some French Canadian artist to create the image for Queen Elizabeth II on the Canadian $1 bill. But the claim goes that him being French Canadian and despising the English, he drew the image of the devil on one side of the queen's hair. Um, yeah, that, I, I cannot even like see that. If you just look up Queen Elizabeth II, Canadian devil, you, and then you'll get images of their $1 note from the time. It looks nothing like a devil. Like you have to look really, really hard. And I would say that the same is true for these Air Max shoes. I, I mean, is the logo offensive? I, maybe it's offending some people. Does, does, should Nike pull it down because it's offending some people? No, no. They manufacture the shoe. It's, it's being sold. I think that's really, really stupid that they would have to recall all of the shoes. Um, in 1997, apparently the company created some kind of flame-shaped logo that also resembled Allah. Um, and they pulled 38,000 sneakers worldwide and donated $50,000 to an Islamic elementary school in the U.S. Basically, they like caved to the pressure, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even think that I'm not entirely sure if that was intentional. Let's see if it was. But I don't think that was intentional either. I feel like I feel like that is not not, you know, realistic. I, I, I mean, go look it up, make a, make your own opinion of it, of the matter. But I don't think that that's the, uh, Nike before they once had a, um, a, uh, like a all seeing eye kind of thing. If you look at the back of the $1 bill on top of the pyramid, there's an eye and the creator of the shoe just wanted that eye there to like, I don't know, to be inspirational and to tell people you should take your own direction or whatever. So, I mean, people are always going to find some conspiracy theory. And to just top it off, so it's not just me, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, their, their communications director was basically like, this is probably unintentional. This is, I don't necessarily, they don't necessarily see a problem. I, I don't, I mean, this is quite, like this, I I don't know. You you make your own opinion about this. I I think that it's pretty ridiculous. Anyway, so I wanted to start the show off with that because I thought that was an interesting kind of current event going on. Um, more interesting than that is Mitch McConnell, resident turtle in the U.S. Senate. Uh, he is a very interesting guy, and I will tell you why he's a very interesting guy. Mitch McConnell is interesting because he doesn't want to make Election Day a federal holiday, uh, because. Apparently, it's a power grab by the Democrats. So Mitch McConnell has been against voting rights for a long time, a long time. And I'm not saying he's the only one against voting rights. I'm saying that he is against voting rights. Mitch McConnell in, in 2002, he's debating with Senator Reid. And McConnell, Senator McConnell and, and Jeff Sessions, you know, Jeff Sessions, he's not senator anymore, but he's in the government. Jeff Sessions, Mitch McConnell, they say something along the, well, I'll tell you what Mitch McConnell says. He says, voting is a privilege. Those who break our laws should not have a voice in election. Should not have a voice, should not have, should not have a voice in it. 
in election. Oh, wow, that's a. I think the Senate transcript is wrong. Anyway, he's saying that those who break our laws should not have a voice in electing those who make and enforce our laws. Those who break our laws should not dilute the vote of law abiding citizens. Fundamentally, Mr. President, he's addressing the President of the Senate. As a former governor yourself, uh, yeah, I don't know who the president pro tempore was, but apparently as a former governor yourself, this is a decision made every, in each state by the governor as to whether or not to restore the rights of convicted felons. But in any event, it seems to be that a federal prescription in this area, just as a, just as the Ford Carter Commission concluded, is not appropriate. So I hope we will not seek to preempt this area of state law in the course of our actions on election reform legislation. Mitch McConnell back in 2002, he didn't want felons to vote. He, like felons cannot vote. Florida apparently is trying to get a law passed where felons can now vote. So good for them. That's that's wonderful. I think you like complete your sentence. You should be able to vote. Your your privilege just doesn't like disappear. I spent the whole of last show talking about restorative justice. How do you get people interested in their government? Like if you committed a crime and you got put away, you're probably not feeling too friendly to the government. So how do you get them engaged? How do you get them to like bring their perspective if they have literally no way to voice their perspective? through the ballot we like the voting rights act is is a joke all of our constitutional amendments are jokes if for if we're just like take take voting rights away but yeah mitch mcconnell is in support of that so and of course you know jeff sessions was no better would it intimidate or discourage or diminish the ability of judges who run for election or would a prosecutor who runs for election in some way not be as aggressive because felons are voting? So anyway, yeah, Mitch McConnell has a long history of opposing the vote for people. But apparently making Election Day a federal holiday is a power brag by Democrats because that means more people can vote. It means more low-income people can vote because, you know, low-income people, maybe they can't afford to leave their jobs for four and a half hours and stand in the polls in the middle, like downtown Chicago or something. So... Apparently, making federal election day a holiday is is a bad idea because Democrats are going to win. Maybe Democrats are going to win because the majority of the populace is actually liberal and because facts have a liberal bias. But no, Mitch McConnell thinks that it's voter fraud, probably. Um, so the, the, the bill, H.R. 1, the first bill that this Congress is looking at, is what the Democrats are calling the For the People Act. So basically, among that, the, among making federal election day a holiday, um, or election day a federal holiday rather, uh, it um, requires presidential candidates to release their tax returns. I sure wonder why, um, and adds a matching system for small donations, so uh, for to campaigns, and it requires super PACs to disclose their donors who give more than ten thousand dollars, and prohibits bo- voter purging. So many, many things that have to do with elections uh, and obviously for the People Act, it's supposed to be, well, you know, um, supposed to be all nice and friendly in the wake of such chaos. Uh, But to explain what voter purging is, voter purging or caging is basically the practice of sending mail to addresses on voter rolls and then compiling a list of the mail that is returned undelivered. And using that list then to purge or challenge voters' registration, because the voters apparently do not legally reside at their registered residence. So, for example, I mean, I'll give you a wonderful example. Say that I 
I, I live in college right now, right? But I'm registered to vote where I live, you know, where my permanent residence is, where my legal residence is, which is not here in County of San Diego. But I'm not getting mail at my house. My house is is somewhere else, and I'm my parents are there, but I'm not there. So say a letter comes from for me, they're just going to put it on my desk, and I'm going to open it when I come home for break. But voter caging would basically mean that they're going to send a letter. It comes back, like, or you know, I, maybe maybe I don't live there, or maybe the address doesn't exist, or something is an old address. Then basically, what they're going to do is they're going to discount my vote. Uh, so the Democrats are trying to ban that, which is good. Um, and Mitch McConnell calls it the Democratic Political uh, Politician Protection Act, because apparently the rules of American politics are being edited for the exclusive benefit of the Democratic Party. So the bill would apparently victimize every American taxpayer by pouring their money into expensive new subsidies that don't ever pass the laugh test. I'd say Mitch McConnell's face does not pass the laugh test, and Mitch McConnell's speech does not pass the laugh test, and Mitch McConnell's re-election definitely does not pass the laugh test. Just have to laugh every time this like this crazy man wins again. And he says, a power grab that's smelling more and more like exactly what it is. Now, here's what I wonder. What the hell was that when he refused to reopen the government after the Democrats sent bills to the Senate like six times or four times or something. Many proposals to reopen the government. What the hell was Mitch McConnell doing then? What, was that a power grab? I think that was a power grab by Republicans. It just didn't work out because they were on the wrong side of history. This time, apparently, ensuring that every person in the country who is a legal voter can vote and are like not repressed just because they're poor and they can't afford to leave work. Apparently that's a power grab. This guy is crazy. So let's, let's, you know, he says, he continues on. He says just what America needs. And he's being facetious, obviously another paid holiday and a bunch of government workers being paid to go out and work. I assume our colleague, what? Another paid holiday and a bunch of government workers being paid to go out and work. I assume our colleagues on the other side on their campaigns. What on God's green earth? This guy is basically saying that this holiday is for a bunch of government workers to get paid and go work for political campaigns that they support. What is wrong with that? That is political involvement. If people are getting involved in political campaigns, that's a good thing. That means they care about the political process. This guy is insane. He says... I assume our colleagues on the other side want like these people to work on their campaigns. Yeah, buddy, you probably want them to work in your campaign too. And why wouldn't you want the support of the people? Maybe it's because the people don't actually support you. Is that it? Could that be it? Because I think that's it. I said, this is the Democrat plan to restore democracy, question mark. A brand new week of paid vacation for every federal employee who'd like to hover around while you cast your ballot. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He's actually making light of people being able to go and vote that is act that is a verbatim what he is doing go watch what he said on the floor of the senate and the open senate on like video it's there you don't believe me go go watch it yourself like okay mcconnell's home state of kentucky apparently it requires that the state employees get the day off for presidential election day um so 
you know, which is ironic considering that now they're trying to federalize it and McConnell's like, no, no, you can't federalize it. Probably because he doesn't want it federalized in the city of Chicago where more African-American voters might vote if, you know, they get the day off and can actually get the time to vote. And then guess what? Oh, that's more Democrats voting. Ooh, oh no, it looks like Turtlehead is going to be out on his head. On his turtle head. But, yeah, and then uh, Kristen Gilbrand, who is the New York Democrat, who's apparently trying to run for president, says correctly, voting isn't a power grab, it's democracy, and it's literally the entire point of a representative government. Thank you, Senator Gilbrand, because you are correct, you actually understand what you're talking about, congratulations. Elizabeth Warren says, tweets, what exactly does Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell have against more Americans voting? What does he have against more Americans voting? Hmm. I sure wonder, Senator Warren. Maybe it's because people, maybe it's because of the last election, the 2016 presidential election, where Donald Trump did not win the popular vote. But, you know, perhaps if more people voted, he would have also lost the electoral vote. I sure wonder why Senator Mitch McConnell does not want more people to vote. Congress, she says, of course, Congress should make it easier for Americans to vote on Election Day, and we need a constitutional amendment establishing a nationally recognized right to vote. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Because apparently, two amendments on the matter is not enough. Apparently, saying that you cannot discriminate the vote based on race, and you cannot deny women the right to vote, was not enough. Because, guess what? Racists and bigots are very intelligent people. They're freaking stupid people, but they're very clever. They're very intelligent when it comes to getting what they want. So, yes, we need a third constitutional amendment to ensure that people get to exercise one of three things they get to, like, enjoy as American citizens. Like, you get the right to vote, you get jury duty, and you have to pay taxes. I think that's it. You vote, you get jury duty, you pay taxes. That's that. Those are the three things. And apparently we need a constitutional amendment, three constitutional amendments, ensuring that one of those things can happen by everyone. Uh, so apparently, oh, and then Ted Deutsch of Florida, Representative Ted Deutsch of Florida, who is a Democratic, a Democratic representative from Florida, says an election day holiday would be a power grab. It would be the American people grabbing power back from the wealthy special interests that dominate Washington because Mitch McConnell and others prefer that it be hard to vote. Fascinating. Oh, wow, that is completely true. Very insightful. Very insightful Representative Deutsch of Florida. Thank you for, for clarifying this. This very <laughs> It's just ridiculous. I, election turnout is really bad. So... I'm going to, let's see, I, can I get the video playing here? All right, I'm going to get the video playing here of Mitch McConnell flapping his pie hole. And I'm going to play it for you, just so you can hear exactly what he said on the floor of the Senate. So if you don't believe me, you can hear him, you can hear what he said, and you can be sure that he is an insane man who should retire with great expediency. All right, so let's let's play that now. Okay, we're having some technical difficulties. Let me There we go. 
paid holiday for government workers and created an additional brand new paid leave benefit for up to six days for any federal bureaucrat who decides they'd like to hang out at the polls during any election. Just what America needs, another paid holiday and a bunch of government workers being paid to go out and work. I assume our folks on, our colleagues on the other side on their campaigns. This is the Democrat plan to restore democracy. A brand new week of paid vacation for every federal employee who'd like to hover around while you cast your ballot. Yeah, that's the end of his remarks. That is actually disgusting. This guy is, I, I mean, I've never been so disgusted by, I've, I've, I'm not even that disgusted by Trump. I, I'm like extremely, extremely just appalled at this guy. He is lambasting Democrats for wanting to give paid vacation to federal employees when this freaking moron decided that he didn't want to pay federal employees. For weeks and weeks and weeks, he stopped bills from going to the Senate floor that would reopen the government because he's stuck in his goddamn wall. This is incredible. This is absolutely ridiculous. This guy is... Okay, and then let's, let's, see what the, let's see what the public response to this is. Because people don't like this. Ted Lieu. Ted Lieu is a representative in the United States Congress, I believe. Yeah, he's a member of Congress um, who says he doesn't take orders from Vladimir Putin, which apparently is, is a selling point for, for people now. Yeah, it's a selling point. Um, but yeah, let's see what he says. He says, I'm sort of happy that Mitch McConnell fears making Election Day a federal holiday. It's such a frank acknowledgement that the GOP's ideas are not accepted by the majority of American voters. Yeah, unfortunately, actually, the GOP idea, the GOP ideas are accepted by the majority of American voters because the GOP is suppressing the vote. Like they are suppressing the vote, and that's why people support. The, the, that's why the majority supports GOP ideas. And then he continues on to say that any party that is scared of people exercising the right to vote will eventually be doomed. Yes, and they deserve to be doomed. I, I don't get this. Like. You know, we're we're we have this whole discussion about voting rights and civil rights and oh yeah, everyone should everyone should be able to vote. Yet there is clear voter suppression at the polls. You make it harder for people to vote. These people don't value democracy. Like it's very plain they do not value democracy. They value keeping their power. If you valued democracy and you got voted out of office, you would be just as proud to say that you got voted out of office because that means that the system that you like, the democratic values that you like, and the system that you took an oath to uphold, that is what's keeping you in check. So, you know, you, you say something like, oh, uh, they're giving federal workers a holiday for so that they can exercise the right to vote. Then, you know what? Screw you, Mitch McConnell. You deserve to be out of power because you have just proven the point that everyone is saying that you don't want people to vote because you're scared that federal workers are going to go work on Democrat campaigns because that's who they support. And instead of not voting, they're going to vote for them and you're going to be out on your ass and you're not going to be able to be in office. Maybe he forgot voting laws are for the people and not politicians. Yes, maybe he did. So, then, oh, yeah. 
Kirsten Gillibrand, Senator Gillibrand, says that we need automatic voter registration and universal mail voting, too. You know what? That would be a great idea. Because people, I, uh, you know, in November when we had our midterm elections going on, I was talking to a lot of my friends and they're like, oh, you know, I know some people who didn't vote because apparently it's too hard. I'm like, what do you mean it's too hard? You're, you're, you know, you're a student. There's like polling places all over campus. You can mail in your ballot. That's what I did because I couldn't go to like a polling station where I'm registered to vote. So I, I mailed in my ballot to, to home. Um, you can, you can, there are laws that automatically, you know, that want to automatically register people to vote when they get a driver's license. And these are all good things. You know, you make it easier for people to vote. You make it easier for people to get involved in democracy. Democracy generally tends to be better. And of course, we can have this whole abstract discussion about whether our higher value is to democracy or our higher value is to, you know, what we believe is the morally right path. But I think at this point, the higher value is democracy. I think everyone, everyone who is sane supports the higher value of democracy. So perhaps we shouldn't be making it very difficult for people to vote and register to vote. So, yeah, we win. I mean, d democracy, democracy is most powerful when the most voices are heard. Democracy is powerful when the most people are involved. Democracy does not make sense if people do not get involved. It literally fails if people don't get involved. Robert, Robert Reich, who is a very, very famous figure, if you don't know him, he's a Berkeley professor and the former Secretary of Labor, um, and he has a few movies and a couple books. He's quite well known. Uh, but Robert Reich tweeted, only Mitch McConnell and Senate Republicans could manipulate something as benign and well-intentioned as making Election Day a federal holiday into a vast left-wing conspiracy. It really shows how scared to death they are of the American people actually having a say in our democracy. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It absolutely does show that. And yeah, I mean, Mitch McConnell fears demographics. He's scared of people voting. Um, so yeah. What do you think? Should Election Day be a federal holiday? Because, you know, you can't get fired from your job if you leave work to vote. Um, I, I had actually I had a few midterms on Election Day because the professors weren't aware. I mean, they just weren't paying attention in advance uh, which day was Election Day. And professors who professors who are like, I will not reschedule the time of your final if you like have a death in the family. These professors still know what the hell they're talking about because they're like, you know what? If you need to vote and my midterm is preventing you from voting, talk to me and we will change the time of the midterm uh, for you so you can go vote because they respect voting rights. So why isn't Mitch Turtle McConnell respecting voting rights? Anyway. Yeah, it's a big problem. Um, there are many kind of discussions to have as far as voting goes. Uh, Many countries have what's called um, mandatory voting. Uh, Belgium, I believe, has. Uh, Australia has. And basically what that means is that if you don't vote, you get fined or you get some kind of punishment in some way. And then they have a, they have election turnout in the 80s, like in the high 80s um, of, of, you know, el eligible voters going and, going and actually voting in the polls. That should be, I don't know if that should be a thing here. I, I mean, I'm not sure of the kind of the merits. I just know the, that that one figure about mandatory voting. So I'm not sure if it increases like positive political participation or whether it just means that people get frustrated and then they go and vote randomly. I don't know whether it uh, increases 
political knowledge or awareness because people now have to vote, I'd have to look more into that. So I'm not I'm not advocating universal I'm sorry, I'm not advocating mandatory voting. But I'm just saying that, you know, for a country that is the birthplace of of well, one would say the modern democracy, I'm so stunned that members of the US Senate would be would be against getting more people to vote. But I shouldn't be stunned because we still have rampant voter suppression in the South today of African-American voters. You just like stick some stick like 40 cops outside the polling places in a time when African-Americans getting shot the hell up in the inner city by cops. And maybe they don't want to vote anymore. Maybe they're thinking, huh, this guy is going to see salt in my pocket and think it's cocaine. And then I'm going to end up dead. Maybe I'm not going to go to the polls today. And then they don't vote. And then guess what? Trump wins Pennsylvania. So maybe... Maybe that's, you know, maybe I shouldn't be surprised because that's what's going on, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think that it's pretty crazy. That is quite bad. Yeah, and HR1, HR1, obviously the Democrats now have controlled the House, not the Senate, but of the House. And HR1 is quite nice because it addresses a lot of different things past voting. So maybe we should take a look at what HR1 does. Um, and I am going to get that for us right here. So according to Vox, not the best news source, but they exist. Um, the Democrats, basically this is an anti-corruption proposal, HR1. Um, and you know, the, the the, it makes sense. The motivation of the Democrats at this point is to like not have this repeat of the 2016 election, I suppose, um, where we didn't get the tax returns, we didn't get a ton of stuff, uh, Russia collusion, etc., etc., whatever. Um, and Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell, Mitch Bitch McConnell basically says that's not going to go anywhere he is going to he is unequivocally blocking the first bill democrats unveil that's not going to go anywhere he's not saying let's work on it he's not saying anything like that he's saying that's not going to go anywhere this guy is an actual like asshole oh my god it's unbelievable i cannot believe someone would be so in well i should he shut down the government before He's proud to do it. Uh, Trump is proud to do it. They're cut of the same cloth, except Mitch McConnell looks like a turtle, and Trump has a guinea pig living on his head. So they're different species of animal, but they're both freaking animals. They're they're insane. They are actually insane at this point. How can you, as a senator, I mean, uh, and as a congressman, you represent a small, far smaller constituency. This guy's representing the entire state of Kentucky, and I don't want to say anything bad about Kentucky. But he's not reflecting well on Kentucky voters if this is what Kentucky voters want. Kentucky voters, maybe they're just obstructionists. But I think Mitch McConnell is just like the fat cat who wants to keep his power. So apparently that's not going anywhere. So, But uh, the House Democrats are making uh, you know, anti-corruption their top priority. Uh, and and uh, wow, polling from End Citizens United, from, uh, from the PAC and uh, Citizens United found that 82% of all voters and 84% of independents say that they support a bill of reforms to tackle corruption. Wow. 
82% of all voters. Hey, let me think of why that is. Maybe it's because the Democrats want to tackle corruption and because Trump was elected on the message that he was going to drain the swamp, which he has not done. But he was elected on that message. People thought he was going to do it. So Democrats and Trump voters both want to, quote, drain the swamp. Mitch McConnell doesn't want to drain the swamp because he is the swamp. The swamp comes out of his mouth whenever he spills this putrid, like, crap that he just spouts all day on the Senate floor, just mucking up the carpet, you know, and and, and making all of the senators dive for the nearest trash can as, as they release their lunch. And, and you know, th- that that's Mitch McConnell for you. He is the swamp. His mouth just flaps and then the swamp emerges from his mouth. So, and of course, you know, Trump, he's a freaking hypocrite. You know, I don't really want to talk about him, but he has so many scandals. So that explains, oh, yeah, Republican voters are probably a little bit unsatisfied with Trump. You only have the core Trump supporters who are like the MAGA people who are crazy and who's probably only support Trump because of immigration and his stance on Iran or whatever. I don't even know what his stance on Iran is, but probably like let's firebomb them or something. I am not, I am not supporting that to be clear. Uh, but yeah, uh, you, you know, drain the swamp was his whole platform. So I, I sure wonder why 82% of all voters want to drain the swamp. And yeah, Nancy Pelosi's our best friend in this debate is the public. We believe it will have great support. It does, Nancy. Nancy, it has great support. It has absolutely great support. You are correct. Thank you for, I don't know, being obvious, I guess, but thank you. So apparently this issue is being spearheaded by the Maryland representative John Sarbanes, longtime advocate of campaign finance reform who has disavowed corporate PAC money for years. Wow. So yeah, um, wonderful, good. You got a good icon. And... You could, <laughs> yeah, Sarbanes is saying you could stamp on this thing. Mitch McConnell rejected it and it would immediately give it more credibility. We built this not for Mitch McConnell. This was built for the public. He's going to get knocked over by where the sentiment of the country is right now. And God willing, he will get knocked over to where the sentiment of the country is by now. Because, because you know what? This is, this is unbelievable that he is like, I don't care what the voters think. I don't care what the country thinks. I just want to grab my power because I know no one in their right mind is going to vote me. And I only want like brain dead people at the polls. That's what it, that's what Mitch McConnell wants. So let's, let's break down HR1 and see everything that's in it. Campaign finance reform, public financing of campaigns powered by small donations. Aha. Wow. Wonderful. So the federal government would provide a voluntary six to one match for candidates for president and Congress, which means that for every dollar a candidate raises from small donations, donations under, I think, $10,000, the federal government would match six times over. The maximum small donation that could be matched, oh, would be capped at 200. So six to one, two times six is 12. So the max the federal government would give back for any donation is $1,200. So the max that you could receive from any donation is $1,400. If you give $100 to a candidate, that means there's requirements. The candidate would, candidate would get another 600 Yeah. All right. Simple math. Wonderful. Support for a constitutional amendment to end Citizens United. Great. That, that Yeah, that makes sense for campaign finance. Now, they want to pass this thing called the Disclose Act. So that's published, uh, that's pushed by uh, Representative David Cecilian and uh, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, uh, both Democrats from Rhode Island. Wow. The small state doing big stuff. Uh, it would require super PACs and dark money political organizations to make their donors public. 
Why wouldn't they want to make their donors public? Why wouldn't Senator Mitch McConnell want to make his donors public? Why wouldn't Senator, like, what's that idiot man from, uh, the, 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 the freaking, the neo-Nazi man for who, like, was in support of this Austria neo-Nazi party. I wonder why he wouldn't want his donors to make, to be public. Maybe because he doesn't see the problem with white nationalism and the Grand Wizard of the KKK is actually his chief of staff. Maybe that's why he doesn't want his campaign donations public. The Honest Ads Act, championed by Senator Amy Klobacher? Klobacher? and Mark Warner which would require Facebook and Twitter to disclose the source of money for political ads on their platforms and share how much money was spent. Why is this a bad thing? Why would anyone oppose this? Why would anyone oppose transparency? Trump, he's running, uh, he ran on the freaking drain the swamp. I bet if he runs in 2020, well, I'm sure he's going to do, you know, he's going to run on the same goddamn drain the swamp campaign. And this is how you drain the swamp. You pass things like the Honest Ads Act, and the Disclose Act, and repeal Citizens United, and have this government matching program and cap maximum donations so you don't have, like, dark money running the elections. Re restructuring the Federal Election Commission to have five commissioners instead of the current four in order to break political gridlock. That's genius. Uh, the problem is, I think then you're just going to, like, politicize the Federal Election Commission. But, uh, yeah, maybe maybe there needs to be some more reform for the Federal Election Commission, but I'm, that's, a, that's a step in the right direction. And then prohibiting any coordination between candidates and super PACs. Um, I don't know how that's going to work, but yeah, it's good in practice. I suppose that's a novel concept. Um, so that's all of the campaign finance stuff. Then ethics. Requiring the president and vice president to disclose 10 years of his or her tax returns. Wow. Yeah, oh, I, I wonder why that is, Mr. Trump. Stopping members of Congress from using taxpayer money to settle sexual harassment or discrimination cases. Oops, I accidentally raped someone. Let me settle it using taxpayer money. Oh, what was that? I raped a constituent of mine? Let me use their own money to settle the case. Does anyone see the problem with that? Because <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty damn disgusting. Yeah, I completely agree. Why, why were members of Congress allowed to use taxpayer money in the first place to settle sexual harassment or discrimination cases? That's incredibly stupid. It's their own personal finances that should be targeted for sexual harassment cases. Now, giving the Office of Government Ethics the power to do more oversight and enforcement and put in stricter lobbying registration requirements. These include more oversight into foreign agents by the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Yes. Do you want Russia back in the 2020 election? Probably not then maybe we should give the Office of Government Ethics some teeth so that they can like get people out of here and stop interfering, you know, get people to stop interfering with the election. Creating a new ethical code for U.S. Supreme Court, ensuring all branches of government are impacted by the new law. Yeah, I think that's going to need to be a constitutional amendment because right now I'm pretty sure that, I mean, the requirements for Supreme Court justice are pathetic because the framers did not think that the Supreme Court was going to be very powerful. In fact, Alexander Hamilton said, like, it's the least dangerous branch of the government, which is, I mean, no, that that's not true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you want to create an ethical code for the Supreme Court, maybe then that should be a constitutional amendment. But yeah, I agree. Create an ethical code, a basic ethical code. Like, if they rape someone, maybe they shouldn't be on the court. I, I think that that's a pretty, pretty good one alongside the don't settle rape cases with taxpayer money. That might be a good idea, too. Now, voting rights. Uh, this is the big one, right? We've been talking about. Creating a new national automatic voter registration 
that asks voters to opt out rather than opt in. So opt out options, this has been discussed for many different things like organ donation. Um, of course, opting out of like opt in versus opt out for organ donation is far more controversial than freaking voting because voting is a right and not a I mean, voting is your right. It is not a privilege. You don't, like, earn the privilege to vote. It is a right that you were given as an American citizen when you turn 18 that you can vote. Making Election Day a, a holiday for federal employees? Great. Yes, please do. And encouraging the private sector businesses to do the same. Uh, requiring poll workers to provide a week's notice if poll sites are changed? Yeah, that's, that's good. And making colleges and universities a voter registration agency, in addition to the DMV, etc., among... Yeah, yeah, among others. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Make make your you know public colleges voter registration agencies. I'm at UC San Diego. This campus is freaking massive. We're in the middle of a of kind of a suburban town, La Jolla. I don't know where the off-campus voter registration poll places are. I mean, the voter polls are or the polling booths. But on campus, we had like seven on on uh, during the midterm elections, and uh, during the 2020 elections. Yeah, I'll I'll be a senior. Will I? No, no, during the 2020 elections, I, I'd have graduated. But, um, you know, otherwise I could, I could see what's happening then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that's, that's perfectly reasonable. Make these kind of, these places where the public already gathers voter registration agencies. Um, end partisan gerrymandering in federal elections and prohibit voter roll purging. So we talked about gerrymandering uh, two shows ago. Uh, gerrymandering is very bad, it's very prevalent, and it's very, very dangerous because it's so hard to prove. Um, and when the Supreme Court finally finished up their cases on gerrymandering that we talked about that day, I will come with a new update on you know, what, the, what now the federal restrictions on gerrymandering and district drawing are. But for now, um, I don't know how they plan to end gerrymandering in the law, but uh, sentiment is there, and that's great. Uh, but don't be tricked by that. Uh, beefing up election security, including requiring the director of national intelligence to do checks on foreign threats, maybe because of Russia. All right, good. Recruiting and training more poll workers ahead of the 2020 election to cut down on long lines at the polls. Yeah, this is a problem. It is November. There are parts of the country where it's like right now, Chicago's at negative 40 windchill. Imagine if there was an election right now. You think people are going to wait outside in the snow and vote? They would die. They would literally die. Like, people have actually died from this storm. Eight people or something have died in the Midwest. So, yeah, shorten the lines, get people inside the polls, get them out, get them to vote. Very good. And you know what? Yeah, I have to really respect Democrats for this because I have, uh, I mean, not publicly because I haven't had a public forum before, but I have long accused Democrats of playing identity politics um, because I, you know, and I, you know, I'll freely admit that in the past I've thought that the whole um, let's give citizenship to tons and tons of like swaths of undocumented people at the same time was kind of just a plan to get them more voters and and kind of secure the party base but I have to say Democrats really are walking the walk right now they are doing good solid work for democracy for their constituents and for every single American who every single American citizen this is very, I mean, how can you protest any of this? How can anyone protest the Honest Ads Act, which requires Facebook and Twitter to disclose the source of who the hell is paying for the ad that you're seeing and how much they paid? That seems like really basic stuff. Or the Disclose Act, 
which would require super PACs and dark money political organizations to make their donors public. Why shouldn't the donors be public? Elections are public. We have public elections in this country, so make the money public. It's very simple. Make everything public. Make the tax returns public. Give people information so they can make informed choices. Don't hold back information so that they're uninformed. It's a very simple formula. And when people are informed, they vote based on the facts. And when people vote based on the facts, you tend to get a good result. It just so happens that the facts generally have a liberal bias. So Mitch McConnell is very unhappy about this. And he looks like he's sucking a lemon 24-7. So you know what? Democrats are completely walking the walk. This, they should be very proud of, of this, this legislation. It's not going to pass, so I don't know. I mean, maybe they shouldn't be that proud, but I think that they should be proud for, to you know, for getting this cohesive bill together, and um, well, making Turtle Man upset. And uh, we'll see what Trump has to say about this. He probably has to say, you know, like witch hunt or something. It is witch hunt exclamation point, and then he'll press the tweet button. Freaking crazy man. But yeah. Um, Meanwhile, Republicans are doing something else. In Aruba, you got this guy, Mitch McConnell, who's blabbing his mouth off. And Republicans are trying to strip power from Democratic governors-elects. Um, suddenly, they're, pu- they're pushing good governance in states that they've lost power to. So, he- <laughs> so, okay. The Democrats are pushing good governance after they won the House, right? They are in the majority and they are empowering every American voter to be able to voice themselves, like to, to, to share their voice on the national forum. Meanwhile, Republicans have lost some governors, some governor mansions, right? Governor's mansions. And those legislatures, those state legislatures are trying to practice, quote unquote, good governance by stripping the governments of powers. So the governors of powers. So the Republican form of pursuing good governance is taking power away from people. Do you see that? Do you, like, does everyone see this? Because Mitch McConnell wants to take power away from the people by not letting them vote because he doesn't want to make election day a federal holiday. He doesn't want to ensure that minorities are not being suppressed at the polls. He does not want to give federal workers paid leave to go and work on political campaigns and get politically involved and get politically engaged. What he wants to do and what his party wants to do is push good governance by stripping power from democratic governors so they can't do things. Meanwhile, the Democrats, they want to pursue good governance by putting a bill on the floor of the House and, you know, by the grace of God, getting it passed, where they increase transparency, they increase ethical oversight, and they increase, like, the, the lack of partisan gridlock of the FEC proposal, making it five instead of four. That doesn't guarantee that there are going to be three Demo- three or more Democrats sitting on there. It just guarantees that there's going to be a tie-breaking vote. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I don't want this to turn into this partisan discussion where I say the Democrats are, are inherently better than the Rep- Republicans. But how can I not say that? When freaking Mitch McConnell, who's the Senate Majority Leader, arguably the most powerful Republican in existence of the government, because we all know Trump doesn't do jack, Mitch McConnell is the most powerful Republican, I'd say. Because, I mean, not only is he the Senate Majority Leader, but he's like, he's the Senate, sorry, not only is he the most vocal and visible Republican, he is also the Senate Majority Leader. So, he can stop any legislation he damn well wants. So, 
for this guy, the leader of his party, basically he's the de facto leader of his party, to say this this crazy stuff. I, it's hard to say that the Democrats are not on the right side of history and the Republicans are on the wrong side of history. So, I mean, you can call me partisan, but it's not it's not partisan. This is this is completely factual based. It's completely fact based. Why would you want to limit the amount of facts that the American people have access to? This is not like we're we're saying I'm I'm saying release all of the CIA's information on every single agent we have in every single foreign country. It's not that kind of information. This is information on who's paying for stuff in elections, who's supporting whom. It's important that we know what kinds of interests are supporting candidates so we can support those candidates accordingly. Because I might like and I'm going to um just pick on Clinton uh, because she's an easy target. But like I might support what hillary clinton says and then find out that goldman sachs is backing her because she's weak on the banks and then maybe i don't support hillary clinton because what she said to me at the rally in like i don't know tacoma washington and what she said to goldman sachs in the board meeting and the fifty thousand dollar plate charity dinner those might be different things so while she's trading with Goldman Sachs and they donate a million bucks to her campaign and she's telling me, oh, I'm hard on the banks, you know, maybe it's important for me to know that, oh, Goldman Sachs donated a million dollars to a supposedly tough on the banks character. And maybe I don't want this character in the Oval Office. And and to be clear, I'm not saying this happened. I'm just using her as an example. So, you know, transparency is good. Transparency is excellent. Ethics are good. You know, don't don't get rapists on the Supreme Court. That seems like a general rule that maybe we want to follow as a country. Don't let congressmen or I mean, I don't think this has ever happened, but uh, don't let congresswomen either. But don't, mainly don't let congressmen settle their sexual harassment cases. And let's, you know, sexual harassment, rape, uh, assault. Let's not let them settle these serious cases with taxpayer money. Yeah, these are great ideas. So I don't know. You tell me what you think somehow, or you think about it yourselves, but uh, Democrats are on the right side of history on this one. So, uh, yeah, we had some strange Islamophobia, supposedly, by uh, Nike, and uh, we have... So, so the question of the show is, what do anti-Semites, Islamophobes, Satanists, if you remember the Procter, Procter & Gamble thing, and uh, Mitch McConnell, what do these four groups have in common? And it's that that they are all scourges of humanity, hypocrites, and complete idiots. You can quote me on that. Mitch McConnell is an idiot. Every anti-Semite is an idiot. Every Islamophobe is an idiot. Every Satanist in the Church of Satanist is actually hilarious genius because the whole point of the Church of Satanist is to make fun of religion. And, um, well, yeah, they're, I mean, they're just kind of making fun of Catholicism, so it's kind of funny. But, uh, I mean, if you're a Catholic, I don't mean any offense, but it's just... Funny that the Church of Satan is, uh, Satan is not actually a Church of Satan. But anyway, you know, you you think about it, but uh, Democrats are on the right side of history. Mitch McConnell's a turtle. And uh, at this point, I'm going to thank you for listening to The Isle on KSDT, UC San Diego's fiercely independent radio station. And um, yeah, let's see what happens to HR1. Uh, we will be back next week with more. Thank you. <laughs>